Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker Podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle, and before we get diving into today's episode, uh, don't forget to download, subscribe, give this thing a five-star rating, and we'll keep this thing going from there. It's a good day to be a Jayhawk. It is a good day to be a Jayhawk, whether you're in Lawrence, Kansas, if you're in Kansas City, if you're all the way in New York, maybe you're in Miami, Florida, maybe you're up there in Portland, Oregon, maybe you're in Seattle, Washington, maybe you're down there near Tucson, Arizona, maybe you're up in North Dakota, maybe you're in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Chicago, LA, wherever you happen to be living, if you're a Jayhawk fan, it is a good time to be a Jayhawk fan with Kansas beating BYU 38-27 and for the first time in 108 years the Kansas Jayhawks have started 4-0 in back-to-back seasons yes I found this stat last week and some local outlets actually started running with this stat wish I would have gotten credit credit for it but you know maybe they did their research as well I was the first one to post about it that I saw. I was the first one to talk about on this podcast, but I digress. It's been 108 years. It has been 108 years since Kansas has started a season 4-0 in back-to-back seasons. The 1914 and 1915 seasons, to be precise, was the last time that you saw Kansas go back-to-back. And it's incredible you, you've seen what Lance Leipold can do with the Kansas Jayhawks going from a two-win team in his first year to a six-win team in his second year and now off to a 4-0 start for the second time in two seasons. I looked up some stuff just because I was curious about it. Just because I wanted to see what was going on back in 1914 and 1915. Well, you want to know who the Kansas Jayhawks beat back in 1914? William Jewell College. That's right. They're now Division II, NCAA Division II, but they were an NAI school for years. Uh, My alma mater, Mid-American Nazarene. We were in the same division, the same conference. For years. Uh, So you had KU beat William Jewell. They also beat College of Emporia. They beat Drake. I don't think Drake has a football team anymore. Now that I'm thinking about it, they beat, so they beat William Jewell College, College of Emporia, Drake, and yes, they did beat Kansas State back in 1914. Then you've got 1915. Kansas, uh, they defeated. William Jewell College again. It said Kansas State Normal, which I looked up a little bit deeper into that, and it looks like that is what is now Emporia State. They beat Drake in Kansas State again. So that was the last time KU went back-to-back seasons starting 4-0. Those are the teams that they beat. Back in in the olden days, they were coached by H.M. Wheaton, Henry Myers Wheaton in 1914, and then they were coached by Herman Alcott in 1915. If you want to go even a little bit farther back, for the first time this has happened in Jayhawk football history in so long, the last coach to do it back-to-back 4-0 starts was Burt Kennedy 
1910. That was the last time a single coach has done that at the University of Kansas, 1909 and 1910. It was Burt Kennedy leading the way. And now you have Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold has, he's reached star status in Lawrence, Kansas at this point. So you love to see what Kansas is doing there and what happens in this game against BYU. And by the way, really quick, before I get into this game, Lance Leipold had a quote on not realizing, somebody asked him in the post-game press conference uh, if he knew that it had been 108 years since they'd won back-to-back games before he got hired at Kansas. He said no. He did not know that that was the case, and he was glad he didn't do all his research, which was a kind of a funny line. So he says, sometimes you don't know what you're really stepping into until you're there. I told our team I'm really proud of them, and if you look at the short time, what we've been able to do here, I'm for it. So that is Coach Lance Leipold on getting that 38-27 win off to a 4-0 start for the second season in a row. And then in this game, you had all phases of the game working together to get this 38-27 win over BYU, who was also undefeated, by the way. BYU was 3-0 heading into this game. KU was 3-0 heading into that game as well. Then you had Jalen Daniels throwing three touchdown passes, two in the second half to Luke Grimm. They had a couple, uh, couple scores from their defense as well. Kobe Bryant, the Hawk Mamba, returned a fumble. That was the game's first touchdown, actually. And if you go back and look at my Twitter feed, at Talker, you can see the absolute truck stick that Kobe Bryant put on this poor kid from BYU. Knocked him to the ground, looked like he made him woozy, picked up the ball himself and ran it back for a touchdown. Kobe Bryant... The Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, well-deserved, well-earned. Hats off to Kobe Bryant, one of the best defensive players in the Big 12 this year. And then you have Kenny Logan Jr. I've talked about him all offseason, all to the start of this season as well. Uh, Just one of the captains on this team, one of the uh, best defensive players KU has, along with Kobe Bryant. Kenny Logan Jr. took back an interception for a pick six early in the third quarter to really put the Jayhawks up. So it was it was a game that you kind of you hope that KU could get through and win at home. By the way, also they went red on red in this game, so they've gone black on black, white on white, and a red on red in back to back to back games. I love what they're doing with the fashion there over in Lawrence in the KU football program, but. To see what they were able to do against BYU, uh, they they did get a couple turnovers, which were key in this game, with uh, Slovis, the quarterback from BYU, throwing for 357 yards. They were doing a lot there. Um, but after KU struggled against Nevada, to see them come out and get this big win in the first game of conference play, Uh, welcoming BYU to the Big 12, and then you get a game like this where KU wins at 38-27, winning in all phases. All phases. All phases of the game. And now, KU turns their attention after a 4-0 start, 
after jumping back into the top 25 after the victory. Here they come. A tough test looming in Austin, Texas with the Texas Longhorns. The Texas Longhorns ranked number three in the nation. Kansas ranked number 24. It is a battle of the top 25 teams. It's going to be a 2.30 kickoff on ABC. Texas is a 17-point favorite in this game, and I kind of understand why they are because you look back to last year, I was at that game. It was senior night. I was there at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium covering the game, and it was an absolute embarrassment at home on senior day last year against Texas. They let Bijan Robinson run for over 300 yards on them last year. It was a pathetic showing by Kansas. There was some things going against them last year, but in a game when you thought they'd show up and play big, they just it was a letdown. Texas won it big. That's behind them now. That is that is a game they've forgotten. It's out of the picture. Because you look at the year prior, 2021, that was a Kansas team that went in and stunned Texas in an overtime thriller. And it was Jalen Daniels' first start at quarterback for the Jayhawks. He led the team to a 57-56 overtime win on the road, took a two-point conversion in overtime to win it. It was the uh, coming out party for Jalen Daniels. Also, Jared Casey's fame took off after that. Starring in an Applebee's commercial. I'm sure you guys remember that. And Jared Casey and Jalen Daniels always tied to the hip now in Jayhawk lore for that win at Texas in 2021. So you look at the Jayhawks and you want to know how can they lean more into that 2021 outcome than the 2022 outcome for 2023. In a game against a number three ranked Texas Longhorns team that is probably better than any of the last two teams that Kansas has played from Texas. But we're talking about how we can forget last year's game because you saw what Texas did last year. They forgot about that one point loss to Kansas at home the year before in Texas. They just forgot about it. They went on their way. They smoked Kansas on their home field on senior day. Can Kansas return the favor? That's the question going to this game. Can Kansas return the favor and get another win at Texas before Texas moves off into the SEC? This is potentially the last time Kansas and Texas play each other. Maybe they'll play each other down the line in a non-con game, but you never know what's going to happen. So this could be the last time Kansas and Texas play each other in football. And what do the Jayhawks need to do so that they can end this series with a win in Austin with another upset over a team that is 17-point favorites over them? Here's what you need to do. You need to let Jalen Daniels loose. Let him loose. Last year, he had some issues in that game against Texas because he was making his first start since an injury in Week 5 against TCU. He was rusty. He wasn't trusting his legs to run and make plays like he had been earlier in the season. He wasn't crisp on his throws because he hadn't been practicing as much. He had a shoulder injury last year. And it was noticeable that he wasn't playing at full strength and that he wasn't fully trusting his abilities in that game 
that made him become such a successful quarterback in Lance Leipold's system. So you got to let Jalen Daniels loose. This year, Lance Leipold needs to let Daniels loose. He's healthy. He looks like he's the hyped-up preseason offensive player of the year in the Big 12 that everybody expected to see. And if Daniels can get going, if he can really get going in this game, there's a good chance you can see the Jayhawks walk into Austin, Texas, and pull off this upset. You got to have some more things happen, though. You really do. You're going to have to attack the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They got to get after it. The Jayhawks need to get after it on both the offensive and defensive lines. If you're looking on the offensive side, Kansas has done very well this season to open up holes for their running backs to keep Jalen Daniels upright. And if Kansas can open up holes for their deep running back room, you know you've got Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw, the power combo right there. You've also got Dylan McDuffie, who's been filling in every now and again uh, later in the game to give the other guys a little bit of a rest. If you can open up holes for those guys, anything, the sky's the limit for the Kansas running game. They have such a talented running back room. And I, I haven't even mentioned uh, Sevion Morrison. He He's another guy. He's another guy that's been in the backfield since last year. But not only will it open up the running game, it's going to open up space for the receivers and for the passing lanes for Jalen Daniels. can open up running lanes for Jalen Daniels as well. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got a defense that cannot allow Texas to do what it did against the Jayhawks last year, and that was a run at will. B. John Robinson running for over 300 yards on the ground. They could do whatever they wanted to. They had two uh, running backs go for over 100 yards. I believe it was... They might have even had another... I, I'm going to look it up really quick here. I'm going to look it up really quick here because last year was just so bad. The Kansas the Kansas defense last year was just an embarrassment at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium. I showed up at that game expecting a good game with Jalen Daniels back, and it just turned into a absolute nightmare for the Kansas Jayhawks. 55-14 was that final score, and it didn't even seem that close. So, yeah, you had Bijan Robinson rushing for 243 yards. Okay, he didn't have 300 yards. The team as a whole had 427 yards rushing. Texas ran for 427 yards rushing against the Kansas defense last year. Can't have that happen again. 243 yards rushing from Bijan Robinson, four touchdowns. Jonathan Brooks, 108 yards on 11 carries, two touchdowns. Can't have that happen again this year. Roshan Johnson not here anymore, playing with the Chicago Bears. Bijan Robinson, of course, with the Atlanta Falcons now was taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft. So if you're the Kansas Jayhawks, you got to stop them up front. You have to stop them up front. There's nothing 
You you can't let them do what they did last year. That's the bottom line. And their defense looks improved up front. It really does. Especially from last year. And not only that, they have a lot of veteran leadership at the linebacker and secondary positions. And if the defensive line can cause some issues up front for the Texas offensive line, it could free up the back half to make some plays and potentially create some turnovers, which gets to my next point. The Kansas Jayhawks need to win the turnover battle. You're looking If you're looking to beat Texas, you have to win the turnover battle. And so far this season, the Jayhawks have done very well at winning the turnover battle. They keep an edge. They're trying to force turnovers with fumbles, getting some interceptions through the air. And it's important to win at every level of the game. Getting Texas to make the first mistake could be the best thing the Kansas Jayhawks could do on Saturday. Creating some momentum could go a long way for the Jayhawks to get the crowd out of it, uh, to get themselves going, getting a turnover on defense, giving the ball back to the offense that you know can score points. It's gonna be it's gonna be big for Kansas. You gotta win the turnover battle. And then, of course, experience. Experience is key for the Kansas Jayhawks this season. They brought back 91% of their production on offense from last year, over 85% of their production on defense. And Lance Leipold has shown throughout his tenure here at Kansas, he has been able to retain a healthy amount of their players. And... If you look at the players that were on this team in 2021 when they beat Texas in Austin, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many of these Jayhawk players were actually on the team in 2021 when they beat Texas. They've been able to maintain these players throughout the last couple of seasons, not letting them get out in the transfer portal, not uh, letting them off to the NFL yet as they continue to work toward bigger goals. But if you look at those box scores from from 2021 and compare it to this roster, you'd recognize at least a dozen names on both sides of the ball. So continuity could play a big role in the outcome of this game. Texas, of course, you think about Texas, you think about their size, you think about their speed. All that's true and fine. But if Kansas, with their experience, if they can win the turnover battle, if they can let Jalen Daniels cook if they can let them off the leash and let them go just let them fly let them rip it let them grip it and rip it down the field within means you don't want to get turnovers <laughs> talking about winning the turnover battle but you want to see the offensive line and defensive line dominate you want to see Jalen Daniels be able to go out there and have a great game against the Longhorns so This game, although Texas is a 17-point favorite in this game, this is a game that the Jayhawks can come out there and shock the world. If Kansas goes in there as as a 17-point underdog after last year's blowout game at home on Senior Day and get the win, pull off the upset, As Texas goes out to the SEC, their last year in the Big 12, this would be such 
a nice parting gift for the Texas Longhorns as they flee the Big 12 to go to the SEC, as they're currently ranked number three in the nation, trying to win the Big 12 on the way out, trying to win the Big 12 not just on the way out, but trying to win a national championship on the way out as well. The Jayhawks come in as a 17-point underdog on the road, trying to make up for last year's loss. This is a different Jayhawks team. They have the experience. They have a healthy quarterback. They have a running back room that's healthy, and they're ready to put up some points on the Texas Longhorns. I'll say that right now. And could Texas be looking ahead to the Red River rivalry game? Say that 10 times fast. The Red River rivalry game coming up the following weekend with Texas and Oklahoma could be a potential top 10 matchup if Texas wins this weekend. Texas is thinking about Oklahoma already. Whether they want to admit it or not, they are likely overlooking the Jayhawks to look ahead to the Oklahoma Sooners. I know they're never going to admit it publicly, but there are... Texas players this week that are overlooking the Jayhawks thinking, all right, we're going to beat KU at home, and then we've got Oklahoma to decide who's going to win the Big 12 on the way out and go to the college football playoff. That's just the nature of it. That's what the players are thinking. Maybe not all of them, but some of them. So you have some Texas players looking ahead to the Red River rivalry that is looming the week after this KU game. And this is the perfect time for the Jayhawks to jump and get another upset on Texas in Austin before they leave the conference. And I can't wait to see what the Jayhawks do on Saturday. I know they're going to come out to prove a point after that terrible showing last year at home on senior day. They're going to come out there and score a lot of points. And they are going to put fear into the heart of Texas. My name is Mark Van Sickle. Thanks for listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast in affiliation with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. You can always get at me on Twitter at Jayhawker Talker. If you want to keep the conversation going there, check out my latest article over there at heartlandcollegesports.com. Give this podcast a five-star rating and a review. Pass it along to five friends who love the Jayhawks, and we'll keep this thing going. Until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.